Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is a place where women can share their stories. Let's get chatting. Welcome to episode 11. In this episode today, we are talking about suicide. So if you don't feel comfortable um, listening with kids around, you can uh, put earbuds in and listen with earbuds or listen at a later date. But I um, do recommend you having a listen. Um, I just wanted to say a few things before we jump into the conversation. And um, the World Health Organization states that 800,000 die of suicide each year. That's one every 40 seconds. Um, Suicide has increased 60% in the last 45 years. And um, it's a real problem. Um, And as Catholics, it's it's something that we uh, often struggle with. But we need to know that the church, as a loving mother, encourages us not to despair of the eternal salvation of those that have taken their own lives, but to really pray for them. All life belongs to God. Um, Everyone's life doesn't belong to them, but it was created by God. But we have free will and we can choose how we live our life. Um, But whether we like it or not, our lives are subject to a universal spiritual law. And one of those laws that is taught by the Catholic Church is that it is wrong to take a life, any life, under any circumstance, even our own life. Um, Now, having said that it is wrong, um, there are consequences to these actions and um, we have to, there are different types of sins and mortal sin that we, we know is a grave sin and for it to be grave it has to have three characteristics and that is it is a gravely wrong action the person knows that it's a gravely wrong action and the person did it out of free will um, so for something to be grave it has to have those three characteristics um, but unless these factors are present it's not grave Um, If someone commits suicide, it is likely that they are experiencing a state of insanity, even if it's temporary insanity. And it's quite possible that one of the three criteria of a mortal sin are missing and therefore not a mortal sin. Um, Suicide is particularly difficult for those left behind with guilt and remorse, thinking that they haven't done everything possible. But we don't know the mind of God. He knows our hearts. He knows our deepest desires and he knows exactly where we were at that moment when we were committing suicide. So we're not here to judge. We are only here to pray for them. Um, We have no idea what is going on or what was going on in their hearts and minds. Um, So we just need to pray. Um, and before I go on, if you have any of those tendencies, any suicidal thoughts or tendencies, please seek help. There is 
there is actually an organisation called um, Tomorrow Needs You. Look it up. It's so beautiful. You're, you matter. Your story is important and you have, we've got to make sure that you are the one that tells your story, not somebody else. We need you tomorrow. Um, I was listening to a, well, actually, I was reading a quote by Heather Kim, who is somebody I listen to regularly. She has another podcast called Abiding Together. Um, and she wrote something that really struck a chord with me because it's something that I have wanted from the very beginning for this podcast. And she says, at the core of every human being is a desire to be seen, known and loved. Sound familiar? Um, in all our glory and our mess. It it's only in the mutual sharing of weakness and struggle with others that we open our hearts to truly love others and be loved by them. When we are willing to lead with our weakness, we welcome others to experience the freedom of letting down their masks of perfection in our presence. It is in this sharing of our whole selves that true connection is created and the cords of love that bind us are strengthened. And I just thought that was really beautiful, um, especially as we dive into this conversation about suicide, because it can't be easy talking about such a raw, um, hard situation where people find themselves. And I'm so honoured that people on my podcast, uh, my guests, are vulnerable enough and courageous enough and open enough and honest to share their stories because they truly do matter. So welcome to the podcast. Let's just call you Josephine, shall we? Thank you. Um, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. It is very courageous of you. Thank you, Jess. Um, the topic you're talking about is very personal and it's also very difficult. So I'm equally um, grateful that you've decided to come on the podcast because we're talking today about suicide and that of your son. Um, and before we start, I just wanted to read a quote from Jean, Jean, Jean Venier, who is a Catholic Canadian philosopher, and he says, I'm struck by how sharing our weakness and difficulties, it is more nourishing to others than sharing our qualities and successes. So I want to thank you in advance for nourishing us. Thank you, Jess. And it's no coincidence that today that we're recording is your son's birthday. That's right. How old would he be? Um, 82, so that makes it 36. Mm. Well, 36. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, and that's no mistake. That's God's timing, I'm sure. No. When I was, um, I rang you a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, I don't know, Jess, and I don't think I've got anything to say and <clears throat> and um, I can't do it for a few weeks and I want to protect my kids' privacy and they were all concerned about how am I going to do this, but I think I have a few things to say to people, maybe to help them. And then I said, okay, pick the date, got off the phone, looked it up, rang you back, said, guess what that day is? That's amazing. My son's birthday. Mm. So this morning I got up early, went to Mass, and then I went to the cemetery and put oh. the usual flowers, yellow flowers, on the grave to wish him a happy birthday and um, <clears throat> put him in charge of this. Yeah, well, he is in charge. Yeah. <laughs> well, from where he is now. <laughs> um, so and, and you're here. I'm here. You made it. 
and um, I think it's going to be a very wet recording. <laughs> Not <laughs> only because of the weather. <laughs> it's very rainy, but um, I am a teary, so is Jess, hopelessly teary. <laughs> now we're laughing, we'll be crying in a minute. And um, so if you have an aversion to tears, turn off yeah. right this minute, don't <laughs> listen anymore. Or... Grab yourself the biggest box of tissues you can get your hands on because here we go. go. <laughs> Let's go, Josephine. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I'll, do you want to give us a brief history of yourself or um, can be as yeah. brief or as? Okay, yeah. okay. won't give too much because um, I'll explain why I'm being a bit cagey. I, um, well, I have a large family. Uh, he was the oldest. And um, he had been sick for a long time with mental illness. Uh, at times he'd been suicidal, but, you know, never thought he'd do it. No. They say, I'm suicidal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never actually think no, that, that day would come, that yeah. they do it. He used to say, Mum, I've been that close, but, you know, something always stops me. Hmm. And what's that, darling? And he said, you. Hmm. But that day, I think God answered my prayers, mm. took him home, and I didn't stop him that day, but I don't want him to come back to all the suffering. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, it's over 10 years ago, and uh, um, to say that it turns the world upside down is... An understatement. <laughs> What did I, I read? He said that um, that we all have these stories. Our, our life is a trajectory in a story and they're all full of plot twists, but um, it's these plot twists that dis disorientate us and it's how we respond to that disorientation. So our, our world can either be shaken or totally turned upside down as yours was. And it's here in this disorientation that we discover what we actually desire and um, here I am sniffing <laughs> and what we are truly made of and I think this is yeah. this is kind of weird. Well, I can't say that I'm truly made of tough stuff. Oh, you are. <laughs> I have a reputation of being very easily drawn to Rattle. tears and um, a <laughs> bit of a party girl um, but, uh, you know, the knocks of having a big family and all the ups and downs, it does toughen you a little bit. But the, when the worst thing happens, you know, the faith. Mm -mm. And I thank God for giving me that faith because I would have been, I don't know how people survive through that. Mm -hmm. And right from that day, the priest came, sat with me, told me who to ring, told me how to do this, contacted this one, that one. And the whole process of dealing with this um, event, I wasn't on my own because I had Mother Church had already decided what to do and what the right thing is and the priest showed me mm. and so it was only a matter of me really deciding on the flowers and the, the readings and the hymns and organising people. Well, everyone helped. And, and she took care of the rest. And Mother Church was there. She's provided everything, and that's why I felt so comforted that I didn't have to reinvent that. I've seen other people do all sorts of little circus acts to try and think, 
and even when they do it without God, they're always trying to include it. Saying, yeah. You know, they don't believe in the afterlife, but if you're still there, I just want you to know we loved you. Mm. Well, why are you saying that if you don't believe there's an afterlife? There's a sort of when the when this hits death in any form, and this is one of the worst, I think. Um, but young children would be the worst. It's cot death, yeah. No, 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 thank goodness I didn't have that. But um, you know, it I, it leaves people without a structure to go forward with and the comfort. And um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. When you said Mother Church, I um, I heard something the other day that the Vatican is built as such that, you know, how the arms go oh, around, oh, the, like the arcs yeah, around right. in the um, foreground, yeah. and they are the arms of the church oh, wrapping. Yeah, that's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's what I thought beautiful. of when I heard you say that. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, that's all right. Um, um, do, do, you th- do you think there's a connection between mental illness and spiritual warfare? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I think cutting ourselves off from um, our creator and the source of grace and all the things that are provided in our Catholic faith sends you a bit odd, <laughs> you know, you you, you lose that uh, underpinning, mm-hmm. and um, and it's put to the test. Not when you, I mean, I had a holiday from the faith, and I thought, no, I want to be free, and and um, but then something happens, and you realise uh, you weren't doing it on your own. You're very dependent. You can't do anything. Can't breathe without God. Mm. And then all this is provided for you, and it makes sense. None of this makes any sense. I couldn't. It drives you crazy mm. to live in this chaos, this sort of Picasso picture of the world with eyes up here, and you know, like yeah. it's not real. Yeah. And the order and the and the um, nurturing from Mother Church that is that is something that keeps us sane and safe. How do you reconcile with a God through all something like this? I'm um, sure you have that. Yeah. that I'm sure. Not I'm then, but years ago when I was coming back and then I had kids and then I had sick kids and that was the real, you know, and I remember one night and I was screaming at God and I had one kid had terrible ear infection, the other one was teething and, and, and then another one had been in and out of hospital with gastro and I thought that one was going to die and I was just battling with all this and I was screaming silently to God, why would you give us all these kids? I love them so much. And then you've got to take them away. What sort of God are you? Mm. How can you do that? That's not, that's crazy. Mm. That's not love. That's not love. <laughs> that's how I, you know, I had this real battle and went on because I wasn't listening. I was yelling. Mm. And then when I calmed down, at this sort of gentle voice, so to speak, I made these children and because of me, we can all be together again forever mm. in heaven. Okay, it's right. Yeah. The big plan, you know. Um, so we have the, as Catholics, we've got all the tools necessary to deal with something as devastating as suicide in a balanced way. We have faith, we understand suffering, we have the knowledge of redemption. Um, we understand death really to its 
fullest and we also we're not opposed to seeking help therapy um so how can we often get it so wrong when we how can we do a better job at talking about mental illness and and talking to helping people that have experienced suicide or mental illness in their family how do we support them when they're struggling with this Hmm. I haven't got a quick answer for you, Jess. I can't do that one. <laughs> That's a big one. You can give a – you can be as long as you want. Well, I have to say that constantly – I mean, the mental illness, is, you know, it's an illness that, you know, how medication and treatment and all the rest of it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. But it's the faith. It's the faith that gives you the future. And when everything's going crazy, and I know what it's like not to have the faith Mm. because I tried not to have it, I'm ashamed to say, (laughs) but it's just my journey. It's just my journey. And um, But the faith answers everything, you know, and not only in this world but to have a purpose and a future, Mm. you know, when that child is gone irreplaceably Mm -hmm. um, and you think, how am I going to do Breathe. I'm going to live. Mm. And then, sorry. No, don't be sorry. The pain's here. Yeah. It's always there. It never goes. But there's, there was always this lining at the bottom of my stomach of faith mm. that there will be a future together. He is somewhere. Mm. I can talk to him even more freely than I could when he was here. That's true. And I'm a great lover of purgatory. I know this sounds crazy because there are different layers of purgatory and the bottom layers are like hell, you know, (laughs) and the upper layers are, you know, nearly there. And I I was explaining it to someone recently. It seems to work when they say, oh, I think that's weird, purgatory, you know. And I said, no, 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 just think of it, you know. Saturday afternoon you've been working the garden, you've got mud and everything, all over your hair's filthy, greasy. Someone comes in and says, come on, we're going to a wedding. You've been, here goes the tissue. Uh, sorry, folks. Um, you know, you're coming to a wedding and it's just beautiful. This feast you're coming to, but I can't go like this. I'm filthy. Just, just give me a little while, okay? I'm going to clean myself up, wash my hair, get a nice dress on, do the nails and everything. Could it take me a little while? But I get there. I'll get there eventually. Because when I go to that wedding, I want to feel like I belong. How beautiful! And the way I am, I'm a bit grubby, and I haven't finished cleaning up yet. And that's all I think of with purgatory. Yeah, you know, that's it's just that. It's the salon, it's the, na- it's the nail bar. <laughs> the nail bar before heaven. Oh the nail bar before the party. How gorgeous. I can explain that to my daughters. <laughs> well, it helps. Yeah. It helps, yeah. you know. Not the lower areas. Yeah, I know it's pretty pretty tough down there. But up the top, apparently, you know, everyone's so much more full of love and they're all helping each other. Hey, come on, you're nearly there. Come on, and our lady's coming on Saturday. Let's go. <laughs> all that stuff. There's a whole lot of, you know, anyway, stop. Oh, I'm like supposed that. to be crying now, aren't oh, I? I like that. Anyway, for me to know that, um, I mean, my son was a bit of a scallywag, you know. We've all got scallywags. Yeah. Okay. They're not alone. He was a lovable scallywag. Yeah. And... um. So 
He wouldn't go skipping up. People would say, oh, don't say that about purgatory. Of course he's gone to heaven. I said, hang on a second. Now listen, you're going to tell me Mother Teresa and Stalin and my son have all died and they've all gone skipping up to heaven all the same? Doesn't add up. It's not mm. logical. Mm. You know, let the saints go up. That's obvious. I mean, even most of the saints don't go straight to heaven, you know. Mm. They have a bit of time scrubbing up in perks. So... Uh, getting the nails done. Getting the nails. I can't see Mother Teresa. How much she chose? No, she'd definitely be straight up there. I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, that's what happened. So people she, would come. She had shellac or not? <laughs> the family was sitting around. I think it was the first anniversary, and a couple of relatives came over. This is terrible. And one of the relatives said, "And you know Mother Teresa?" And we all looked. She's not religious, this one. And we're all waiting, waiting. Yes. Maybe she's going to reveal something. She said she died a very wealthy woman. Oh. <laughs> and we, we all just dropped our jaws on the floor. And, and she said, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying she died a very wealthy woman. And we're all saying she didn't spend it on facelifts or yeah, makeup. Right. You know? Or shoes. Or shoes. <laughs> it was just one of the most vacuous things I've ever heard. <laughs> But it did make us laugh on a sad day, you know. Um, there's always something to Humour is very important. It, is it actually when you're going through something like that, does humour help? Like just for people to, you know, it does. know what to in do. A, in a measured way. I mean, yeah, some people yeah, yeah, try yeah. to jolly you up. And I must admit years ago I would do that because mm. I wasn't brought up to mm. deal with death. Mm. We didn't go, children didn't go to funerals, you don't talk about it and then, I found it really hard to um, to deal with death until I had the big one and now I feel, nah, easy. <laughs> I don't mean it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, um, the night after he died, there was a stack of us in a room and we were all saying the rosary. Mm. It would have been about 20 people, I suppose, I can't remember, and I was in the fog. And in walked my dog <laughs> with his toy and he's going around to everybody going, what about you? You're not doing anything. You're just sitting there. What about you? Can you play toys oh, with me? <laughs> throw toy. the toy with me? And I think, oh, yeah, you know, in the middle of all that. Yeah. That was so comforting. <laughs> That's why dogs are so special. <laughs> we don't look. We don't have a dog here. <laughs> um, <laughs> next. My husband doesn't mind. Uh, um, so uh, I think part of you talking about um you know or me you know responding to you about the faith and all the rest of it I think of all the deaths this one leaves everybody mm. feeling really guilty yeah. and I know when my sister's child did mm. I thought, why didn't I spend more time when I didn't try hard and oh my goodness everything and then when mine died um uh I don't know, I had that sense that I tried everything. And I think people do, we all do try our best. And that's what I'd say to people out there who have got someone struggling with suicide tendencies or have lost someone special to suicide. You've done your best. Nobody, unless you're a wacko or criminal or something, mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who are cruel, but the average person, they did what they think was thought right. was right at the time yeah. and and that gives you great comfort and you always go oh I should have done better but we're human mm. we're just ordinary and we've got kids and we're busy and all the things 
So to alleviate that guilt, I hate seeing people suffer that awful guilt mm. after suicide. Mm. If I'd only stayed home that night, if I hadn't gone to work, I've heard all those things from people. And um, so but I say, but how do you navigate that? Yeah, but game. if you hadn't got if you hadn't gone to work that day, yeah. maybe you wouldn't. But then the next day, yeah, you cannot control no. it, no. and there is no control over the whole thing. God's in control, and I thought it was the worst thing. To, that's a total out of control moment. Mm. But then God is in control, and I did feel that He's taken him at His best. Yeah, and the big picture's there. And if He had stayed on. Maybe something worse would have happened. I have to look at it like that. Yeah. And that's where your faith comes in. That's right. And purgatory. Yeah. Um, So how did your relationship with God change? It got stronger? Yeah. But initially were you angry and? I didn't feel anger with God. I was just um, knocked out. But, no, I I was really, to be honest, um, I just... I was so grateful to God that he looked after him. Mm. Like, yeah, he allowed it to happen for some reason and it must have been for a good reason. And um, I didn't feel like that was unfair and, God, I hate you and all that sort and of thing. And he's never I, abandoned you yet. No, never. He, uh, that must have been a grace for that moment. Mm. And, and I think um, all the years I spent worrying about losing a child, wow, that would be the worst thing, I'm running around trying to, you know, look after kids and making sure they're safe and, blah, 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 you know, driving mm. them here and everything. The worst thing, and I suffered mm. in that imaginitis that yeah. I have, a real worry ward. Yeah. But when the day comes, the grace comes mm. on that day, not before. Yeah. And then you can, then you've got a future, you've got hope, mm. and you can breathe, start breathing a little bit. Mm. You know? And then, then the faith just got stronger because it clears everything. There's a lot of you know, you want them to do this and you have plans for that and everything, and then it, all that's paired away. So what's the most important thing? Getting mm. them to heaven. Mm. And if it's via purgatory, which it probably is for most people, that's okay too. Yeah. And then all the other stuff, you know, comes down second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, best. So, and I said that to somebody else who had that. Mm-hmm. And I said, our kids have gone, they've made it, they're, they're where, you know. Where they should be. Didn't want to hear about it, mm. you know. And so everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's got their, I just, I just hate to see that continued suffering, I think. Mm. And mind you, there are people who don't make it easy, easy for those people who are suffering. They don't understand mental illness or they're cruel or they're, you know, there are certain, you know. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things I want Maybe they ask. should suffer a bit, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> grief and toxic situations. That's the kind of, like, yeah. when you're suffering such grief, they're often uh, combustible, mm. toxic situations, are they not? Like yeah. Feeding yeah. guilt or... Well, guilt's not all bad. Like, you know, guilt's there for a reason. Mm. You've done the wrong thing, yeah. And, uh, but then we've got confession, mm. you know. And one of the hardest things is to forgive ourselves, Yeah, I think. And that's pride. Yeah. Why well, couldn't say, I have pride, had pride dies 24 hours after we're dead. <laughs> I know. So and all that sort of pride that I should have done. Why, you know, um, 
I, uh, I don't know, even if you say I'm not worthy or um, it's my fault or anything, like, it's all self-serving. It's all mm. I'm the centre of the universe. Yeah. When he has it all, he, he's got it all under control. He's got it all. And all we have to do is say, you know, I messed up and we all do. Hand it over and trust. And go to confession mm. and then skip out. Start again. <laughs> Start again. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, what um, you didn't any any tools to help people going through this? But you didn't go to any groups or read any books that stood out as helping you. Look, um, no, I <laughs> uh, can't think of anything. But I just know my journey from there is being a journey of abandonment. Yeah. to divine providence and also looking at something that seems like absolute utter devastation which it is at the time um, then from that um, it's not as bad yeah there's a softening because of the future and instead of dwelling on the past I mean I don't look at photo albums I have to admit. Mm -hmm. Too painful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I like to look at the future. Yeah. I look now and the future. But also I put him to work. <laughs> so I think that after a time he went up to heaven, but that's my opinion. He could well be in purgatory now. I don't care. Yeah. It's up to God. And then from heaven I put him in charge. I said, come on. And all my other little six uh, miscarriage babies <laughs> and um, – they're all up there and he's got those ones and he's telling them all. And I say to them, come on, guys, you've got to help with this down here. Mm. You've gone through the hardest. And I think he is. I think he's <laughs> certainly helping on his birthday. <laughs> exactly. Far out. We wouldn't be here today if he didn't have a part to play. Well, you know, when things happen, and I've had other things in my life that have happened, and I think it's, you're thrown into a sort of club. And then it allows you to talk to others in that club, so to speak, and and you can cut through and get down to the nitty-gritty gritty hmm. quicker. Um, I won't talk about all the clubs I belong to in the sense of, you know, <laughs> things that are funny. Yes, clubs. everybody's got a few yeah. clubs. But you can see how God says, okay, I'm going to give you this, but then you'll help others and on it goes yeah. and others help me. And that's how it works. Yeah. Um, how did, is there anything specific that um, people did initially to support you? Or, like, I just want to kind of give people a guideline of if they've um, come across somebody who needs help in this kind of situation. What piece of advice, would, what helped you the most? Mm. Initially, later on? Yeah. Somebody asked me that recently because oh, yeah. uh, somebody else, her friend, had a son who died and from suicide. And um, she said, what do I do? How do I? I don't know what to say and everything. And I said, you know, just go the journey. Don't talk, you know. You don't have to talk. You can. Let that person lead. But just sit with them, you know, go the journey with them. Don't be frightened. And I mean, 
years ago, that's what I would have done, run a million miles because death, suffering, oh, my goodness. Mm. But now I've been through the things I've been through and I think, no, 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 I'm okay. Okay, okay. so two's better than one in this. Mm. I'll help you go through it. Mm. How do you feel today? And, you know, do you need a meal or do you need just to sit? Do you recommend just turning up? Or giving warning. Like these are just very practical things. Yeah, I think warning is yeah. better because it's the whole life is so, like you get the feeling like mm, oh, life's so crazy mm. and random, you know, and out of control. Mm. And um, and you might be having a really lousy day where you feel like just crying all day, mm. and then other days you think, oh, I, I feel like a bit, I want to do something. And so you have to leave it to <coughs> that person to um, choose. So a little phone call, do you want me today or not? Yeah. And if you don't want me, I'm not offended. You just call, you know. Yeah. That's good. No, I know because I know people feel like even my, my neighbour, my neighbour, we had a death and the neighbour across the road who has grown up, like their families grew up together, I went over to see, I went to my neighbour whose daughter had died um, but the older neighbour across the road who grew up with them, I said, have you been over? She said, oh, no, I, I don't know what to say. Mm. I said, just, just go over and give her a hug. It's, well, it's hard. You don't know what they've experienced too. But I must say there are others who came and they did know what to say. They they told me their stories and I thought, <laughs> hang on, I'm just dragging myself along here and you're telling me about one, one person said to me, I knew this family. And the child died, suicide, and the next year the other one did. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's exactly what <laughs> thank you mean. Thank you. That's really helping me, you know. So I think a lot of people are very self-centred and they, well, it can be, and they come and they're nervous and they say stupid yeah, yeah, things yeah. and they start talking about their own things and not listening to the person, hmm. you know, what they need to hear. Hmm. So <laughs> there were a lot of those sort of conversations, I think, Gee, I'm glad I can be a help to you. <laughs> I, I've just lost my son, so hmm, good. I'm glad. <laughs> oh, it's okay. crazy, isn't it? Okay. People, we're all silly. <laughs> we're all very human. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Um, oh, well, um, I don't think so. Just the, I just like to help people stop feeling so guilty, mm. to have a future, to look at how Mother Church has provided and uh, that there's hope for those poor little sick ones. Yeah. And most people, they just couldn't be in their right mind to do what they've done. Exactly. Uh, there must be, there would be some who are, you know, I mean, look at the pop industry and, the, you know, the mm. they sort of glamorise. Yeah dracky things and I don't know there's a place up at Tookley and I couldn't believe it <coughs> it's a surf shop you yeah. know a bit off <coughs> they, you know what the name of it is no, suicide glam oh my goodness well isn't there a show 13 reasons or something it's yeah glamorizing suicide so I went into this shop mm. spoke to the little manageress I said, do you realise, blah, blah, blah. No, it's fine. And I said, but this, oh, yeah, I know people, yeah, but my son and my niece, you know, but, oh, no, it's not a problem. And I thought, oh, 
what do you do with this? She said, oh, it gives people somewhere to go to talk about it. Oh, so it's, it's a surf shop, but they go and it's called Suicide Lamb. I mean, and it still exists. Yeah. And as I walked out, I said, so do you believe in hell and heaven and all that stuff? She said, no. Nah. I said, you will. <laughs> I just walked out. I thought, what, I, what, am I, what can I say? Anyway. Oh, wow. It's invincible ignorance. Yeah, that's right. But there is a, a bit of that stuff going on in the, um, you know, rock world. And there's yeah. some nasty stuff and drugs. And, yeah. You know. oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Look, if, if I've done any, I don't know you if have. I've been of any help to um, to anybody. You have. as a, you're, a, you're blooming into a warrior woman who has more faith than fear. And I'm so thankful that you are a witness of that to us. Thank, so thank you. you. And thank you. My silly phone. <laughs> thank you, Jess and Liv, for all that you're doing to give, giving a voice, a platform for people to come and connect well, and to speak of things that are of really greater importance than talking about the weather and, yeah. you know. And Botox. And Botox, yeah. Because <laughs> that's... Really. There's more to all this. <laughs> There's more to life than that. Yeah. And I think when your world is turned upside down, you realise what's really important here. Yeah. So thank you. I am so grateful and you're such a courageous, strong, <laughs> You wouldn't say that. You saw, me, you saw me in bed in the morning. I can't get out of bed. Oh, no, no, not a, well, no, you, no. I get up. You did today. I do get up. But no. Yeah, and you're... You're fighting the good fight, so thank, <laughs> thank you, you very Jess. much. Thank you. Um, now, before we finish, I don't know whether you have remembered, but you've got to think of one thing that brought you joy this week. Oh. <laughs> so while you're thinking, I'll tell you my one thing oh, that yes, brought please, me joy. Yes. I did think of this. Oh, one, you did? Because I've been listening to the oh, podcast okay. and I know what you're going to do. All right, then. Will you tell me what's brought you joy? Oh, um, my grandchild. Oh, yes. Was it? was at home at their place and um, she started singing a little God song that I taught oh. her. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's great. How you know, sweet. Just, you know, <laughs> you start when they're little. I know. It's a habit. You know. Harry walked into swimming lessons the other day. I don't know whether I've said this on the podcast, but he said he's got his goggles on his head, <laughs> he's got his rashy on, and he's, what he said, he goes, I am a child of God. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, shout it from the rooftop, sorry. They got to hear it. It was so funny. Anyway, that's not what brought me joy. What brought me joy is our new coffee machine. You are earthbound after all, aren't you? I thought you had higher aspirations. No, but you know, we're going to mix it up a bit. (laughs) So wonderful. Anyway, all right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you Have a good week. Me. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for listening. I just wanted to um, let you know that you were made to blossom and bloom. Do not shrink. Do not diminish. You are so necessary. You are so loved and you are so worthwhile. Bloom into the wildflower that you are meant to be. Make your faith become bigger than your fears. Um, I also, if, if anybody has a story that they want to tell, um, email me at jessica at 
www.doherty.com.au. That's jessica at doherty, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y, dot com.au. Love to hear from you. Bye.